Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. It is Monday, May 24th. In segment one, we've started a, a little different thing here with our off-season podcast. And our theme for today is, and it's something we've talked about, I don't think we're going to be breaking any new ground here, but especially with the news last week, the Notre Dame offered a Caleb Evans, a cornerback from Tulsa. Since then, Texas has joined the group and a few others. Um, but I'm curious as to what you guys think, guys, about a Caleb Evans. And then we'll talk about some other positions. Kane Madden's an offensive guard from Marshall that everybody's really hot on now, Florida State. Florida State will take just about any offensive lineman they can get their, their hands on, but they're they're very interested in, in the running for Cade Madden. But your thoughts on a Caleb Evans from Tulsa, the cornerback, Tim? I mean, I really like watching him, how he tackles too, and I know people don't think about that is the first thing the first thing you think about with a corner, but I mean, it means that you're going to have a rugged corner that's a veteran. You know, we sometimes treat Bracey tackles. Yeah, I mean, he's he's attacked in the past. When he slumps, he doesn't. And I think Clarence Lewis will become a better tackler. Cam Hart could be a good tackler, and Ramon Henderson could be a good tackler. But that's a very that's an underrated quality for a veteran guy out there, especially when you have a good defense, a solid defense. You can do a lot of things if your corners hold up tackling too. I I like him. I don't like him as much as Nick McLeod. Um, but I talked to. Clay Mack, who trains him uh, around Dallas, he also works a lot with Kyle Hamilton. And he said, like, their personalities are similar. Um, low maintenance, not real rah-rah. Um, what, I think the, the quote was, you're not going to get a call at 3 in the morning about him. Um, he might get a call to go pick somebody else up, but it, the call is <laughs> not going to be about him. Um, and I – I mean, I think he would be, he would help Notre Dame next year. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think he would be as invaluable as Nick McLeod was. Like, O'Malley, you do sort of the indispensables. Nick McLeod was really high up that list. Um, I don't think Caleb Evans would be that high. However, um, I don't know. It's, I think that Notre Dame is in a great shot to to land him. Um, The fact that he has zero picks is a little bit weird um, in his entire career, even though he started, I think, 23 or 24 games. Uh, but he's played a lot of football. He's you know, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Texas, Mississippi State. He's played some Power Five competition as well. So, um, and I, apparently he is also he is also trained with Kyle Hamilton. Like they they know each other a little bit. Oh, well, that um, would so certainly help. Yeah, I you every know, relationship I agree, helps. I agree with virtually everything you say there, Pete. I mean, I wouldn't. I think Tim, although he's physical, I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify him physical in the Nick McLeod sense. No, just he, but he, I love. Tackles the guys. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. No, and I like he's listed at one ninety five, and I'm yeah. like, man, that dude doesn't look one ninety five. But he's physical and he's fearless. The interception thing is a little weird, Pete. I agree with that. But when you watch him play, I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't have interceptions because I really like the way um, he defends and I, the face, the the 
term I use is he stays in phase with a receiver. He doesn't seem to be thrown off balance by a cut or a move. Once he's locked in with a guy, he's pretty good about staying with him. Um, you know, he can corner blitz. He looks quick off the corner when he blitzes. Yeah. He had a shoulder issue earlier in his career, which, you know, I mean, I think every doesn't every cornerback at some point have a shoulder yeah, have a shoulder issue because you know that especially a guy like him that's just throwing his body around. Um, but hopefully that won't crop up, which it did for Nick McLeod, and I think it prevented him from fully maximize fully maximizing his ability. But uh, I like him, and they need him. Um, I don't know that he. Wa- I wrote this in my film review. I don't know that you know when you watch when you watch Nick McLeod, you said, okay, he's, he's an automatic starter. I don't know that I would say automatically that a Caleb Evans is, but I think that he will be a starter at Notre Dame. If I think one, starting. I was just say one important point that like, I didn't really have an appreciation for this when I started ta- I talked to his high school coach and his trainer, Clay Mack, and they both brought up um, Aaron Fletcher, who was his primary recruiter at Tulsa, um, you know, found him at McKinney high school. He was a two-star recruit. Uh, and the reason he went to Tulsa instead of, you know, he had offers from Kansas and Iowa State, and he went to Tulsa instead. And one of the big reasons was this coach, Aaron Fletcher, who is now the cornerbacks coach at Missouri, who offered a Caleb Evans about 48 hours after Notre Dame did. So I think when Notre Dame fans sort of look at, like, where is a Caleb Evans going to go, it's, it's easy to miss, dismiss Missouri as a brand name. But I do think that relationship is, is that is something that bears watching uh, as a Caleb Evans makes a decision. I have some good could pull up some comparisons here from uh, pro football focus with just how they perform in the field. So he and McLeod were fairly close in and Nick McLeod just played more got was targeted more last year because they played teams that like Alabama and Clemson twice <laughs> and North Carolina, but relatively close in like reception percentage given up 55% uh, for Evans and 54% for McLeod. Um, well, Evans gave up two TDs last year and one the previous season that's in his career. So that's, I mean, that's a quality, you know, McLeod gave up, eh, this, this is a tough comparison because McLeod, McLeod played those four, those two teams three times, but McLeod gave up four last year. So that'd be more, um, he would rank as a top tackler. So they gained the one player on Notre Dame's team last year that per, per pro, pro football focus tackled better than Evans. It's a trick question, but Tim, you should get it. Cause I, t- no, it's Jack before. Kaiser. He's the only one that missed fewer tackles <laughs> than Evans because, yeah, Kaiser played a little less. But that's yeah. – uh, obviously, if you're Usu Cormo, you're involved in a lot more than Evans. That's why he didn't miss as many tackles. You know, hey, so I, yeah. let me clarify. I said that I don't know that he necessarily automatically comes in and starts. I think he can play nickel. And I know he's maybe a little longer than the average nickel. But, again, when he locks on a guy, he does – it's very difficult for a receiver to shake him once he's in phase with him. And I, man, I mean, imagine a six-two guy, and he's a legit six-two with long arms. Imagine a six-two guy defending a slot receiver with you know length and quickness and physicality. Yeah. You can do I, stuff with zone coverage too when you have yeah, the nickel like really, that. You, you really, you really, really could. Now, um, and he's he's a talkative player on the football field, man. He's not well, la- lacking confidence, and he's not afraid to tell the opponent that he's in charge out there. I think this is the key for me. Notre Dame has eight or nine corners. They believe he would be their number three or four, or they wouldn't bring him in, right? Yeah. Not bringing in right. a fifth corner. I mean, that's I, not I, a – I'm yeah. backing away from the thing about not starting yeah. because I, I think that he's one of their best corners. And I just 
I don't know. It was a little bit more, just a little bit more automatic when I watched Nick McLeod right. last year, just because of his physical. Oh, no, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. He was a heck of a player. Now, Nick McLeod did a great job. Yeah. Now, you know, I know a lot of uh, people on our message board, a lot of Northern fans are all hyped up about Kane Madden, uh, offensive guard, right guard for Marshall. He's listed at 6'3", 313. I, I say baloney on the 6'3". I, I, he's not, he's, I don't think he's 6'3". Maybe, because, maybe it's because he's so wide, but I'm also trying to make a comparison to the people around him, and I don't, I don't think that he's that, that tall. But I told you, I told these guys his, his nickname, uh, which is a classic, it's Dump Truck. And that is, that's perfect for him because he is like a – you know, a squattier guard that can, that is, that's really strong. And I know a lot of people are all concerned because of the one snap that uh, in which Kurt Heinisch walked Rocco Spindler back into the quarterback in the blue goal game. I would, I would caution not to overreact to one snap, but you know, Spindler, if he's in the starting lineup, he's going to go against bigger and stronger guys. That was, um, you know, that was one of the reasons why you didn't want to lose uh, uh, Gibbons to, to Florida State because he's an older guy and a, a stronger guy. But I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that Cade Madden's inclined to go to that. Well, let me put it this way. I don't know that Notre Dame's really reached out to him. Uh, there isn't any real evidence of that. So there may be some things about him that they don't like. Um, and that's fine. I understand that. I, look, again, if all things being equal – and I'm not necessarily sure that they are equal because of the strength of Madden. Man, the sooner you get Spindler on the field, the better, because we know his upside is extremely high. Yeah, I have no problem with Rocco Spindler as long as he develops, as we assume he will, for three months under Matt Bayless. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that will work hard anyway. Now he's got, you got a chance to start. There is no such thing as putting it in neutral for a freshman at early enroll either. Well, I'm not Rocco, to start. especially he wouldn't not anyway, Rocco Spindler. No. Even the, back of, even the back of your mind, if it's like, man, you, you were doing great. Keep working on it. We're going to sit you this year. As soon as you hear that, it's a little different, right? I mean, if, if Quentin Nelson's ahead of you, you're, it's just kind of hard to have maybe that grind every day in the offseason, and he, right. he should have that grind. I – you know, as much as Notre Dame is in Tulsa aren't similar, Notre Dame and Marshall are really not similar. <laughs> so I, I would be interested to see like what kind of match that would be off the field. I, I, you know, digging into Caleb Evans, like he is really big into community service and, uh, you know, sort of giving back to his community, like the kinds of things that I think Notre Dame would like to be known for. Um, I don't know who's going to love that comment at Marshall. Um, so, and like, Caleb Evans can come into Notre Dame and and compete for a starting job. I don't as good as Kane Madden is. I don't. I mean, are they starting him here? Like, I, is I'm, you know, is I'm he not beating sure. out Rocco Spindler? Here's I'm not the deal. sure. I'd have, I'd have to see more of him. But in terms of, <clears throat> of, of in terms of strength, he had 64 knockdown blocks, and I, I realize it's against a different level of competition. But when you see him play, you won't be surprised that he had 64 knockdown blocks. He's a strong guy. But that, I mean, point taken, and that's why I say I don't know. I know I know people are getting tired of hearing this, but it is a transition year for Notre Dame, and if it is a transition year for Notre Dame, why not go ahead and go with Rocco Spindler? Well, I was about to piggyback that, Tim. Maybe they're going to, and as Pete said, a Marshall player is a big change to Notre Dame. Maybe a Marshall player is okay with coming to Notre Dame as a transfer and being a part-time starter and playing for Notre Dame. 
yeah. a team that just went to the playoffs as opposed to playing for Marshall. You know what I'm saying? That's like, in his mind, he can think they're bringing me in to be a part-time guy. I'm going to win the job and I'm going to be the next guy to get drafted. Like there's so many different, that's the positive for Marshall. Like you could say, you want to come play for Notre Dame? Whether at Marshall, you know, you can't really say to the guy at Florida State, you want to come play for Florida Notre Dame? They'd be like, yeah, I mean, I kind of play those games all the time anyway, right? Right. I, Pete, you make a you make a point about, and and I realize that a lot of people don't want to hear about traits and and fit for Notre Dame, but that's a very important part of the chemistry of this team. That's a big reason why they're forty three and eight in the last four years. So if a guy is not a fit, and we don't know, we don't know whether. Notre Dame has kicked the tires on, on him or not. Um, but that's important. And it's, I mean, it may be more important on the offensive line than any other place because that's such a brotherhood. Quarterback, yeah, that's for sure. That's, they so, might need a bot. They, they probably need a guy, though, too, Tim. Like, it'd be like, what if one guy gets hurt on the offensive line right now? I, you know, right? I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, I, I agree. Look, I'm not saying that I would I would say like no, like yeah. don't take him. Um, but I I would think if I was Kane Madden, I would go to a place where I'm definitely going to start. Um, I was you were a, an All American level guard last year. Like, wouldn't you just go to West Virginia or Virginia Tech? Like, I mean, so you could stay in your area and just hop up to the Power Five yeah. level yeah, at some point. at some programs that like are used to winning, like that where football is a big deal. I don't I don't know if Notre Dame is a spot you would you would necessarily look to. You know, and to your point, Tim, uh, I mean, the whole, you know, the last couple of years, the next man in has been pretty much a given, uh, yeah. you know, with, with Lug and Rulin prior to him, it was pretty much a given. I'm not sure that that's, I mean, it's not a given right now. Christophic's no, if not, it's a given. Baker, I mean, not a given. Dirksen's not a given. Baker's not a given no, he, no. because he, I mean, he's, not his yet. technique, not yet, no, no, right. Yet. But I mean, I think his, I think his balance and technique are a little bit all over the place right now. So. Uh, I don't know. It's worth kicking around. Nordame, to the best of our knowledge at Irish Illustrated and 24-7 Sports, has not approached him. So that could have changed since we started recording. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, last thing in this segment. I mean, other positions real quickly as we move on to segment two. Safety. I mean, safety, right? <laughs> as far as transfer or grad transfer. Yes. Um, for sure. Where I else? wish a Caleb Evans was a safety. Or a DN? Safety. Would you bring in? A, would you bring in another DN? I don't. I. I mean, I. I would not. I. W- I wouldn't. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I'd bring anybody that's really good, but that's not how it works. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking for a piece, but uh, I mean, a wide receiver is also at the point where if you don't love your options, if you're Notre Dame, or you feel like it's tenuous, like there's some tenuous things with their with their options, and then one guy gets hurt. They're in that they're in that area. Then also, you need some reliable guys, right? You do, but I think having five seniors. Yeah, I, mean, I bet, I bet they won't seniors. go that way. But right, that's what I'm, we're looking. We're, if we're trying to pull from somewhere, I would do wide receiver before defensive end. I agree. I agree. Safety is for sure. Is <laughs> yeah. I I would yes, I would continue to shop the market for safeties uh, moving forward. All right, we'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to segment two, burning up the boards. Our first question from Wreckers 33 Hot. June will be the biggest recruiting month Notre Dame has had in quite some time. What storylines are you watching most? What needs to be the expectation and definition of success for Notre Dame to close the talent gap? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know that I have answers to all those things, but man, when I look at the list of the guys that are coming in in, in June, I mean, the, the list of players, the quality of talent is so good that that answers the question. I mean, get a large cross section of the guys that are coming in because there are a lot of good players. I mean, from the, the verbal commitments of, Ziegler and Burnham and Tyson Ford and Darren Agu. But then, you know, I mean, guys at Notre Dame really, really wants, everybody wants Tobias Merriweather, the wide receiver, Billy Shrouth, offensive lineman, Notre Dame has a good shot at him. Defensive tackle, Anthony Lucas, offensive lineman, Jake Taylor, linebacker, Niafu Tialamaka. You know, I mean, these are, and Jalen Sneed comes in in the middle of June. These are some great players. There's a narrative. Get a bunch of these guys and you've narrowed the gap. I, yeah, it's like Jalen Sneed, uh, you know, Xavier Nwanka, at, you know, whether, you know, the, the running backs coming in would be Gavin Sawchuk. I think CJ Williams is probably, to me, C, probably CJ Williams and Jalen Sneed would be the two guys that if they got both of those, I would feel like they were making up ground on the teams they're trying to make up ground with. Um, those are, those would be the two that I think stand out most. Yeah. I love Nicholas Singleton too. That's always been the <clears> one. <throat> if they were going to get one back, that was the guy that I wanted them to get. I think Nwankpa's a, you know, a mini Kyle Hamilton trending in that direction. Uh, Hinsman, the offensive lineman's really good. Emil Wagner. I love Cyrus Moss. I'm not as high on Sebastian Cheeks, but man, oh man, there's some good players coming to Notre Dame in June. And what'd you say, Pete? I mean, they're condensing nine months of recruiting into. Yeah, this is, it, it's like an entire month of the USC game um, where like every weekend is that kind of visitor list basically. But yeah, it's like, what do you have to do to close the gap? You have to get some guys that you normally wouldn't get. Um, and I think that, um, you know, C.J. Williams, a receiver from modern day, yeah. it's a, sort of a USC pipeline program. Jalen Sneed, a linebacker from Hilton Head, South Carolina. Notre Dame does not recruit North Carolina very much at all. Um, you know, like Cyrus Moss, I realize they recruit um, Bishop Gorman in Vegas a little bit, but everybody recruits that program a little bit. So you're, you're going into a place where there's no in-state power. And you're just going to outwork Oregon or USC or Texas um, to get somebody. And I, those are the kind of guys that, that Notre Dame needs to get. It's, I mean, I think we all think that Notre Dame recruiting is trending in a, a really positive direction. Yet it's a class without a top 100 player, um, which is kind of strange. Like that, that has got to change with these guys coming in in the next month. Yeah, and guys like Snead are the type of players where you look project ahead and think that that's a position where – you have to close the gap too. like Notre Dame has mm-hmm. a whole heck of a lot of solid 
other than Owusu Koromoa over the last five years of linebacker, right? Just a lot of solid. Coney became a very, very good player, but that wasn't the recruit that was going to put you over the top with the playmaking ability, something where you're going against no, but Sneed, Alabama. Sneed is a Sneed is a Usu Koromoa like that's player. what I mean. Yep. Sneed is. And and we, you know, we we love Usu Koromoa, but this would be this would be like the more of the ready-made Usu Koromoa. He had to, he had to marinate for a year, right? Usu Koromoa to kind of uh not catch up in terms of talent yeah. level at all, but in, in terms of assimilating to what he was asked of at Rover. Zach Rice, Gavin Sawchuck, Pete mentioned CJ Williams. Uh, Carnell Tate from 2023. I mean, there are some really, really good football players that are coming in. So that will um, get a bunch of them, and that will dictate the narrative. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it I doesn't re- matter if you get Sneed, just get a bunch, right? Just right. grab a bunch of them. It's fine. Get more than one. I And, and, <laughs> and with Marcus Freeman, you got to sh- – I mean, you yeah. feel like you got a shot just about every time, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Question from Irish from A2. What do you think is more realistic for the 2021 team? Seven wins or 12 wins? Now think yeah, about that question. I think regular on... season. Right. Regular season. Right. 12 well, is more realistic to me, yeah. Because seven means you lose five of like eight close games and they just haven't been doing well, that. Well, and you're saying you're saying like what's closer, seven or twelve. So you know, it's not if it's nine, it's closer to seven wins. If it's ten, it's closer to twelve wins. Seven is just hard to see. Um, <laughs> that's all I have because, as I said, you have to lose five of eight close games, right? With a veteran quarterback and uh, a veteran they, defense not, and a veteran defense. Yeah, they're not going to go seven and five. I mean, it would just be one of those. Okay, so let's outline how you go seven and five. You lose the opener, right? Because it changes the tenor of everything, and then you drop one of Cincinnati and Wisconsin. And you have two losses going to the bye week, and then it's just not the that's not the season you're looking for from Notre Dame football if you're the players, the coaching staff, or the fans. And that's and then things still have to go see things still have to go off the wagon at that point. Three and two, you can recover and go nine and three. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's why it'd be hard to do seven. You know, um I, I actually said out loud they're not gonna go seven and five, which reminded me of the conversation that I had with Charlie Weiss. <laughs> The summer after his first year, I was actually uh, interviewing him at his, you know what I'm talking about, Pete? Yeah, I remember. I I was actually interviewing him at his home, and he was talking about the transition that they had to make after the first year, nine and three. And we were just having a conversation, uh, but it was said on the record. And he said, you know, what what are we going to do, go four and eight? Well, no, but you could go three and nine, which is exactly what. Not, I'm sorry, year three, yeah. not year two. Yeah. Right, the, right. After right. the nine and three and ten and three, uh, but I still don't think seven and five this year is is uh, is going to happen. Right. Gr Irish fan twenty two. Is this the year we finally see a trick play with Avery Davis taking a lateral and throwing it deep downfield? I've been waiting for that play call for the past three years. <laughs> and, uh, it's going to get me because I haven't been waiting for it quite as long. <laughs> it does make sense, right? It does make sense. It I don't know. That, sense. I mean, it sounds like it's really important to GR Irish fan 22. Yeah. I'm saying uh, they should have done this against Alabama just to throw it out there. Might have been a good time to, to, to use that thing, right? When well, that's at true. a disadvantage in life. Yeah, and have Patrick Sertan come swooping in and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> making a play. I, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it certainly makes sense. Pete, you've been waiting for that play to happen? I, you know, I have not. Um, it's not, that it hasn't been on my hit list of plays, but I, I mean, I like the idea. It, um, I, I was curious, like, you know, Cole Komet 
Then I think they tried some a pass play yeah. with him at one point. Um, they tried it with John Goodman to Tyler Eifert. Yeah. That was I was just week. trying to remember the last one. I don't. Why do I not remember Komets? Did it get broken up? The play? Uh, it wasn't. It know. wasn't a good throw. It was. He's yeah. left-handed. He's They're, a left-handed like, pitcher. They're hard to do. Um, so, but I yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see it happen. Well, I mean, how much can you? It isn't something that you can practice <clears throat> on any kind of regular basis. There's too much to do in preparation. You know, and, and I want to point out, I want to see it too, because Avery Davis is a quarterback. But like the things that I think, the, the trick plays I remember with skilled position players against Notre Dame are Travis Etienne was going to throw and it turned into a fumble recovery touchdown for Usu Koromoa. Michigan State did it at the goal line when D'Antonio got cute against BK and it got completely shut down. And Manti forced the interception against Michigan when Michigan tried it at the goal line to Nikki Barati, if you recall. So those are the top of my head are three trick play passes from the backfield. And the best result was D'Antonio looking like a moron. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, not call the play. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, uh, GR Irish fan. Not happening. A question from Wash ND with stadium capacities expected to be 100% in the fall and things starting to fully open up in June. Do you guys expect to have your normal level of access to practice again in August? Normal would be. Four or five practices, full practices. Yeah, I think the normal is they schedule five and you end up with four, right? Just because they all of a sudden became, and I get it. It gets closer to the year and Brian comes like, ah, we got some stuff to work on. They're not coming in, which is fine. Um, I do not expect that. I hope to have it. And that's all I have for you. I hope. And I don't, yeah, I mean, and I don't expect it. And I'm not sure exactly why I don't. I mean, it may just be because of everything that transpired in the last year plus. Uh, You know, I I think, think I think the days of Irish Illustrated having five seats in a press box for home games is probably over. Don't you? Yes. Why? I mean, maybe for, I don't know, this year. Yeah. Maybe not. Right. Like there's no Clemson, no Georgia this year. Um, I feel like you guys should all be there again. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that will get back to normal this year. Like, we'll have normal <laughs> seating in the press box. Um, we'll be in the same room with the people we're talking to again. I believe there'll be some Zoom, don't you? Just for the sake I do, of, and of I, it. And I think Ryan they, Kelly, Thursday. I think, Thursday. Thursday. I mean, that makes more sense than getting to together with him, honestly. Yeah. It, I'm re- fine well, it. other than. For him. For him. <clears throat> okay. Getting back to normal would allow us to have follow up questions not getting out of line and going to the back of the line and then trying to, that's yeah. the one thing for those that are listening that may or may not care. That's the one problem that we have is the inability to follow up with a question. Right. Uh, you ask a question, he says something, you have an offshoot based upon what he says, but we were cut off all year. And, and I get it because it could have been, I mean, I guess press conferences would have lasted a lot longer, but I think there's yeah, a way to streamline that a little bit because it, it really noon. prevents you. It prevents you from writing the complete feature story or the complete story on a particular topic. It does, but the Thursday at noon Zoom with Kelly. If it, I mean, we're never going to have major follow-ups to that because that's 15 minutes, and then he goes and does the rest of his preparation. I mean, that that's still like. The old school days of 6.05, it was like, all right, Hayes in the bar, and Brian Kelly's going to come talk to you. And it kind of rewarded the people that would show up. Remember, for a while there, unless they had a great team, it would be like six of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, literally. <laughs> and then, and if, they, and if they were undefeated, there'd be more. But 
I feel like that is so easy to do now for them. The Brian Kelly. I don't know why Brian Kelly would ever want to meet with us after his Thursday practice. When he can yeah, meet I agree. With us before I agree. His Thursday practice. I think it'll be. I think it'll be some combination of the two because Zoom works so well. It works so yeah. easily, and it and frankly, it it helps us. You know, in, in being able to stay on task instead of driving back and forth and traveling. You know, I, I will say this, man, and I didn't used to think. I'll take Zoom again if we can see five practices in the fall because I, I want to see some players that are not just all of a sudden I show up and see them on Labor Day, yeah. right? Th- hey, I, I really good- want to see the players. Thank goodness for the three minutes of video for the first 14 practices this spring because that was invaluable. Now yeah. five would be better. but Five full practices is- would be better. They, they oh, absolutely yeah. would be better, yes. <laughs> no, I meant five minutes, yeah. but five full practices would be great too. One question for you to ask there, Tim. All right, thanks. <laughs> Kaiser Wilhelm, going off 24-7 sports archives, offensive lineman Billy Strouth would be Notre Dame's first commitment out of Wisconsin since Brian Bedash 20 years ago. Eli Raritan is Notre Dame's first commitment out of Iowa since his father, also 20 years ago. Why such a long stretch in two neighboring states that produce a steady amount of talent? Is it a lack of trying, striking out, or a combination of the two? I think we're probably going to have a similar answer here. Uh, But for me, and I just recently did a story on, and I do it every spring now, about where the recruits have come from under Brian Kelly. And he's, they've gotten, they've have gotten recruits from 37 States under Brian Kelly. So you can only, I mean, there's only a handful more there, uh, maybe more than a handful more to reach. Uh, but I think the main thing is that two States have, have really jumped forward for Notre Dame. It's Georgia and Indiana. You know, I mean, Notre Dame didn't recruit Indiana much prior to Brian Kelly. And since he, since he got there and Charlie Weiss recruited Zach Martin, but since then, Nick Martin, Sheldon Day, Jalen Smith, Drew Tranquil, Asmar Bilal, Jack Kaiser, Blake Fisher, Jojo Johnson coming in, they're doing pretty well in Indiana. The, 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 hit, the hit rate in Indiana is high. And then, of course, Georgia, where T.J. Jones and Stephon Tuitt and Isaac Rochelle and most recently Kyle Hamilton and Tommy Trumbull and, and Holden stay. So they're – I mean, they're shopping down the right aisles when they go to Georgia and Indiana. I guess Charlie got Eifert, too. Charlie got Eifert, too. So you have the the best, possibly arguably the best ever tight end, linebacker, and tackle of Indiana in the last 12 years. That's pretty good. I I mean, I think you have to give some credit to Iowa, the football program, and Wisconsin, the football program. Like, those are big, big deals in their home state. Like, those kids do not leave. Uh, and like, what are you, what do you really want out of Wisconsin? A DB? Probably not. There aren't a lot of those offensive linemen. Yeah. But like Wisconsin's offensive lineman tradition is like just as good as Notre Dame. So you're going to stay home and go to Wisconsin. Um, and we're just sort of looking back over the, the top five, top 10 states in Iowa and Wisconsin over the last five years, like pretty much every recruit of consequence stays home. Um, that with, with very few exceptions. So i I certainly wouldn't spend a whole lot of time like, why does it Notre Dame recruit Iowa harder? Why does it Notre Dame recruit Wisconsin harder? Like, they're, it's recruiting Georgia harder is the is where you should be <laughs> spending your time if you're no, Notre Dame. Ag- agreed. And I think Billy Shrouth, I think Notre Dame has an excellent chance of landing him. I, I, I also mm. think that had Billy Shrouth been a typical Wisconsin lineman that goes to Wisconsin, might have already committed to them by now. Don't you think? Yep. Yeah. So I really like his game. You know what? 
Well, he's still young. Billy Strouth at offensive guard is going to look good in the future if he comes to Notre Dame. Definitely. Uh, question from Dashing Domer. How do you think the future potential of Fisher, Spindler, Corral, Baker, and the best guard option compared to the final year of Eichenberg, Banks, Hainsey, and Kramer? Great, because they should have three years together and two with Baker. You know, that's a that, that's a Fisher, Spindler, Corral. That's a good group, man. Baker's behind those guys because, well, not yet. He's not. It's just his red. He doesn't. It's his redshirt freshman season. He can play right now. Um, he's no. And Eichenberg didn't play for a couple of years. That's a really good group. I mean, we feel the, a lot differently about it. It's higher, starts. isn't it? The future potential of it. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I'm Blake saying we Fisher and Rocco Spindler are starting as fresh. I know those guys didn't join, but Liam Eichenberg wasn't going to start as a freshman as he was when he got here. Like if he joined this team. No, Fisher good would point. start over no. Liam Eichenberg. And our opinion's different than it would have yeah. been prior to spring because Fisher was so good. Yes. And I thought Spindler yes. got better and better as the spring went on and, and proved himself capable. Pete, what do you think? I think we're, we're all uh, seduced by the potential of the next guy, right? Um, but if you yeah, said not, that. Though, usually. <laughs> I'm not, okay, usually. But yeah. Fisher, Spindler, Carell, and Baker, if those guys turn into a second round pick, a second round pick, a fourth round pick, <laughs> and a four-year starter, <laughs> they'd be like, point. well, wait a minute. Like, that sounds awesome. Well, that's what just happened. Yeah, yeah that's a Banks and Yeah, I could Kramer see, but stuff. you could easily see second round pick, second round pick, four-year starter, and then we just don't know about Tosh Baker, right? Yeah, no, I, I think as good – would be great yeah. for Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to predict better than that uh, because those guys were right. a part of so much success the last And to be fair to years. the question and how Notre Dame fans should look at this, unless they're nonsensical, if it's first-round pick, first-round pick, four-year starter, and bust, that's not as good because Notre Dame fans should care what they do on the field at Notre Dame, not where they get drafted. Right. Right. I mean, you yeah. want four, like Tommy Kramer was your least impressive offensive lineman for a few years at Notre Dame. That's and he started the most games. Impressive. <laughs> it's a pretty impressive, least impressive offensive lineman. Like, no doubt about it. And he got better. I mean, I thought he got. He sure did. But I mean, he wasn't better, better than those guys. But, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, good question. They're going to miss. They're going to miss Tommy Kramer this year. <laughs> you want to see how much you're going to miss Tommy Kramer this year? Right. Wouldn't you love to have Tommy Kramer? <laughs> Would you love to have Tommy right. Kramer yeah. back right now? Yeah, no doubt. You're up, Tim. Rex Hampton 8, for those of you who haven't seen much of Tyler Buckner, who does his athleticism, speed, and playing style remind you of? I am. Pete, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go first. Okay. I, did, I, I, don't, I didn't have a good I mean, one. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm, you know, and I, I realize the visual helps when you can compare him to an established former player. I looked at, I looked at, I looked at former Notre Dame quarterbacks, and I, I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> you better not say a bad quarterback, Tim. It's going to ruin. No, all the I know. I was going to say, but I'm, I'm going Luke to say Massa. somebody. <laughs> you don't want to say. I'm going to say somebody that you guys aren't old enough to have seen when he played. I, I mean, I get Joe Theismann. He's a little bit taller than Joe Theismann, but he has the running ability. He has the throwing ability. I, I don't know. I mean, I, and then as far as some from some other school, I. I thought you were going to say Doug Flutie without the nonsensical ramblings all the time when he's out there. <laughs> No, but uh, so Theismann, huh? That's pretty good. Well, I mean, he, if Theismann threw for – I saw him throw for 526 yards in the rain at USC. I, yeah, I mean, I think I think Buckner 
you know, I think Buckner's going to throw the football very well. I think his ability to run the football is explosive at times, and Theismann could do those things. He's bigger than Theismann. Not, not by a ton, but he's bigger than Theismann. He's probably like Theismann's size if you're going by a ratio of how people have grown. Right. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah cause it's, I mean, even with Flutie, Tyler yeah. Buckner is like of course, of, taller. Of course. Um, well, no, I mean, he, he's not going to be as good as Doug Flutie was. I mean, Doug Flutie. I was, jo- I was joking about Doug yeah. Flutie. Doug well, Flutie an amazing Theismann quarterback. Won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and, Doug, Super Bowl and Doug Flutie, the freshman. Look, I love Tyler Buckner, and I wouldn't mind if he started, but Doug Flutie, the freshman, entering spring would have beaten out Jack Cohen. So let's, uh, well, I guess he didn't, I guess he didn't beat out anybody at BC either. It took an injury, but then he uh, never looked back. So I'm sure somebody will, uh, get as mad as they want. You look up Doug Flutie's highlights as as a freshman and get mad after that. But Doug Flutie (laughs) compared to Jack Cohen. I'm I'm sure one of our astute subscribers will come up with a comparison and and share that with us on our message board. D O C Irish. Has there been any talk of rescheduling the Dublin, excuse me, the Dublin game, or scheduling the Shamrock Series games. You aware of any I know of that? that they, I know they're working on Dublin, um, but I think that it is maybe more of like in the future because I think they just came out with the Balt- Navy Baltimore in twenty twenty two. So I think the next opportunity would probably be twenty twenty four. I'm not sure if that one is set in New York, but it was set in New York before they moved it to to Dublin. So I. I know it's a priority. Let me put it that way. That doesn't mean that it's going to be immediate, though. Tim, yeah, you know and I think that? it'll happen. They'll, they'll get Lam- they're going to get Lambo back. I mean, it was basically promised, right? That they do everything they can to get that game back. Oh yeah, there is that. Yeah, they'll get the they'll get they'll get the Lambo Shamrock series game back in the next. Oh gosh! Well, I was probably going to say, the next, four, a, gonna say a, the next four years, but I'm trying to slap these things for them now. Yeah, yeah in a way, in but. a year when you're playing Navy at home, that's when <laughs> right. you. That's when yeah yeah. They'll get it. Yeah, but you're right. You can't you can't just say in the next four years because you only have two options to do it right, when you're right. when you're playing. It's an every other year deal. This one from Kay Beasley for Priester. How about a synopsis of the Notre Dame baseball team and why the Irish could win the College World Series for those who haven't followed Whoa. extensively? Whoa. Win the College <laughs> World Series? Doug Flutie, yeah. win the World right, Series. Come on. Have you seen Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter from Vanderbilt? Have you seen those two guys on the mound? I think that's the biggest limiting factor right now is that Notre Dame only has one starting pitcher that can really go deep into a game, and that's uh, J.D. Bertrand's brother, John Michael Bertrand, who's really done an outstanding job. But I think, you know, that is going to hurt them as they as they move forward uh, into perhaps even in the ACC tournament. Uh, maybe not so much in Pool A. They do play Virginia Tech again to open on Wednesday and then Virginia on Friday. But uh, I, man, I, College World Series. We do have to remember that this was a this was a twenty four and thirty program in twenty nineteen. Link Jarrett's done a tremendous job. He was named ACC Coach of the Year, uh, which is if he wasn't unanimous, I, that's like ridiculous. It's absurd. Uh, but they're you know they're good. But man, I think the SEC is the best conference in the country this year. Arkansas is number one. Vanderbilt's right there. Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi State. Any kind of damage Notre Dame can do in the, in the NCAA tournament is great, but I'm, I mean, I'm just not counting on it because they're still, as great as they've been, they're still an upstart program whose overall body of talent 
probably does not match a lot of those SEC schools. And then we'll wrap up with tool one, nine, three, four, and it is over under how many holes of golf the three of you are playing this summer. Tim? I don't golf, but we, I don't golf, but we could turn this into how many innings of 10 U softball am I coaching this summer? Cause that's in like the one Oh one point five over under. And speaking of which, we also only have one pitcher uh, at the college world series level on my 10 U softball team. So we're trying to develop. Is that uh, right? We're, yeah. We're patching together the rest of the staff though. I don't know what to do, but in softball, apparently they can just keep pitching. I've heard from people. Is that so right? Well, uh, keep pressing. Yeah. You just keep showing up, keep showing up. There's out there. That's a, throw, that's throw, that's a, that's a button that I would press frequently there, Coach. Right, to keep pressing that button. Yes. Samson, you don't Samson, you don't golf, do you? I I used to. I haven't golfed in about six or seven years. Now my my weekends are filled with coaching uh flag football uh, at the first grade level. With uh, we suffered our third straight defeat on Sunday this week. So it was uh trying to try to figure out a way well, to get the offense working since we have one player who scored, I think, nine of our twelve touchdowns. <laughs> Pete, I, I heard the uh snapping operation was abysmal. You oh, that, that, you know, I got to credit uh, the coaching for getting that turned around. Good, good. I got to say, like, it is it's small victories because winning the games is difficult. Like teaching kids how to pull flags and what contain is like I've been I've been pretty happy with that. The kids are incredibly fun to coach. But um, yeah, Genesis, our running back is a freaking star uh, <laughs> and it's like definitely teaching some first grade boys like yeah maybe i should uh, have a little more open mind about uh, what athleticism looks well, like I, she's smoking them contain is difficult to teach on the wait on the fbs genesis, level i don't i can't ask you this last day wait a minute genesis is uh she's a girl right oh yeah oh yeah uh there's a genesis in my uh about to join i think we're trying to get genesis on our well, I think the and you all star team and softball okay. team. It's about to find it. We're at the game. Okay, into well, here. we only we can talk about this after. Our Let, let's go offline on last names. We, on we only podcast, have, we have two games yeah. left. She's unavailable for the next two Sundays. I think no, I think she'll be prioritizing it for the first softball practice. If that's going to help, I think it's. I think it's interesting that my coaching career has run its course, and you two guys are now coaching. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's interesting. Thing. I'm poaching someone from Pete's football team. I feel like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm fighting the uphill battle and Brian Kelly tells me I can't have players until there's no... Yeah, you're Link Jarrett. I'm Brian Kelly. Yeah, this is a problem. I need, I need Bo Bauer back, man. Van Gorder would let him play. I want him. And to answer the question, uh, I don't golf anymore either. So 70, 72, or what was it? 70 and a half? 72 and a half, yeah. We aren't even going to come close to that. So uh, Beers, maybe. Yes. yes. Definitely. <laughs> That's a future definitely. podcast. Cracking them open on a podcast by Jack Slate. That'll be good. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us today. We are going to, next Monday is Memorial Day. I think we need, I think we all kind of need our batteries recharged because, man, we have done a ton of podcasts uh, since the start of the year. It's been fun, but we're going to take a little bit of a break, uh, probably a two-week break uh, with Memorial Day next Monday. So uh, join us again when the calendar turns to June and Notre Dame is hosting all these great high school players that they hope to get a, a significant portion of. Thanks for joining us. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider.